Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? Episode 187 of Top Rope Nation on the air. My name's Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. I got both sidekicks. On the line tonight, and we've got a lot to talk about. It's been a newsworthy week in the world of professional wrestling, I think. I know Kyle is rearing to go. He he has got quite the uh, the notes ready for our agenda tonight. He told me he's hot and bothered and ready to talk a little pro wrestling, and that's when I know a good show is on the horizon. So let me throw it out to the man in Cleveland, Ohio, that when I try to think of a good description for him and how, how could I describe his contributions to this podcast it really came up with two words. I, I think I would f- refer to him as the Dexter Loomis of Top Rope Nation. Oh. Kyle Ross, <laughs> what's going on? You got to be ribbing me, man. <laughs> hey, you it's know, a compliment, man. It is. I'll tell you what, man. I, I'm not a big gear guy. You guys know that. I thought, you know, I don't really pay attention to what the wrestlers are wearing now, usually. But uh, with Dexter Loomis, I haven't been that uncomfortable watching someone wrestle since the smoking guns and their Wrangler boot cuts in 93, man. 
It's like the freaking shittiest jeans. Oh. On a not good wrestler, by the way. We'll talk about Dexter Loomis later on. But, you know, speaking of uh, the NXT show, which we'll talk about in a fair amount of depth, I think, in the next 60 minutes or so, what do you guys think Bobby Fish and Drake Wirtz's uh, reaction was when they heard, it's time for war? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to know, man. I'll, I'll check their uh, I'll check their uh, Instagram accounts and see what they're commenting on these days. <laughs> not good, not good. We got plenty to talk about. A lot of uh, a lot of NXT takeover fallout to get to tonight. And also with us on the line, the longtime third man of Top Rope Nation. He is the Scotch whiskey extraordinaire, and more recently, I've learned the uh, connoisseur of Black Sabbath cover albums justin joint what's going on oh nativity in black a fantastic tribute album uh <laughs> megadeth's cover of paranoid is terrific and i one of the worst named bands ever it's like 1000 homo sapiens or something like that they do a cover of Supernaut. That is excellent. I highly recommend it. I don't think Love that's that. right. Oh, I'm it's, it's, that the one, it's the 1,000 homo DJs. Homo DJs. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I love that song. Super God. That was a Trent Reznor project. Oh, really? I did not know that. It's a true story. Hmm. All right. But yeah, it's a. make sure you get the first one. They came out with the second one that is very subpar to the first tribute album. Well, this is why people to come to this podcast get that... Uh, those good deep cuts on the music industry. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. Using War Pigs was an upgrade over the usual music of NXT. <laughs> That's true. We didn't have the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, What's the name for that kind of rock music that you, I don't remember. New metal. Bad. New metal. Yes, yeah, the bad, new metal. Bad also works. <laughs> bad. Some people call metal. it red state rock. Have you ever heard that term oh, used before? Oh, I like that, makes that sense. which of course means it's bad. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up <laughs> off air. Should not have brought it up. Here we go. <laughs> oh boy oh boy well both of us are in are all three of us are in, that's true. in red states that's so, true uh, is my voice and it makes your voice crack too so that's <laughs> guys last 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 week i i opened up the show asking you what kind of pro wrestling you've been watching lately and uh asking if you've been going you know dip into the archives on the wwe network anything like that anything new in your rotation over the last week justin um does Queen's Gambit count? <laughs> <laughs> My wife no. was watching that the other day, and I said to her, "Why did you start this without me? I would have watched this with you." So I gotta, I gotta catch up. I've heard it's good. It's heard good things. Yeah, it's it's really really good. Um, I have not been watching a lot of pro wrestling. I watched NXT Takeover, and I did watch the new special on Keith Lee on the network, which of course is very good. Oh, he's got a, he's got a very strange. Uh, speaking voice that it, it takes like half the episode to kind of get used to. I want to watch that. It's definitely on my, maybe this weekend I'll get around to that. Uh, Kyle, have you seen the Keith Lee doc yet? I have not only bits. I guess I've seen like bits and pieces of it shared on the Twitter app, but right. no, I have not watched it in full. Okay. Well, I'll check it I'll out. I'll tell you something about Justin that joints recommendation. I'll tell you some of that Queens gambit program that Justin mentioned, and then we'll get to the wrestling. I promise fans. But uh, part of that was filmed at Ohio University, my alma mater. Oh, very nice. Could have been an extra, Kyle. Could have gone down there. Relived your glory days. I don't think (laughs) my glory days would have fit in with that program. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Guys, 
If this is the first time you've been listening to Top Rope Nation, I promise we do talk about pro wrestling. Stick around. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be so kind as to subscribe and tap that five-star rating. If you're listening on Spotify, click follow. We're trying to climb the Spotify charts in the wrestling category. So every one of you that follows us on Spotify, hell, even if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, go over to Spotify. Follow us there, too. It'll help us out. Uh, and if you'd like to... Support the show in the best way possible. Gain access to exclusive bonus content, like our bonus show over on Patreon, Top Rope Nation Classics, and gain access to our weekly live members-only video cast. Right now, we are streaming live on YouTube as we record episode 187 of Top Rope Nation. Become a patron of the show. It's the best way to support what we're doing. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. You get a free gift when you join. There's a link here in the description of the show check it out so hold on one second yeah i had a question here should Mm -hmm. our uh, new social media motto be tap that five star rating tap that ass i like it (laughs) (laughs) we could roll with that we need more five star ratings man so whatever get people whatever gets people excited to go there and tap that please go tap that (laughs) we're begging you to tap that (laughs) Tap it fast, tap it slow. It doesn't matter. Just tap it. Tap the five. Tap it a dozen rating. times. <laughs> yes. Oh well, you know what? AEW was nearly tapping a million viewers this uh, this week. Oh! We saw. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is it? Nine hundred ninety-five thousand viewers for Dynamite. Yep. Uh, so just short of a million viewers. Really good number for them. Number two on cable among eighteen to forty-nine year olds this week. I believe number one among men, 18 to 49. Uh, so big ratings win for them after doing a good number for the winter is coming episode uh, the week prior. And so, I mean, just from talking in our text thread, I know you know all of us were pretty high on what happened with, with AEW this week. But um, Kyle, do you want to start us off? Your, your thoughts on AEW Dynamite Wednesday night? You know, watching that show and takeover essentially back to back. You, you asked, you know, earlier what we've been watching and basically that's been it uh, in the last few days, at least dynamite and takeover. I just thought that watching those two shows really illustrated the strengths of AEW and the weaknesses of the NXT brand. Um, you know, AEW storylines, they kind of keep you guessing in a good way is a, I guess a way I would describe it with WWE. Their storytelling, it just sort of hits you over the head with an obvious direction where none of the potential options moving forward are compelling or intriguing or very good sounding. Mm -hmm. So that was something that was kind of like in my head when I'm watching Dynamite and I'm like, you know, fantasy book in my head. Oh, where are they going to go with this? They could do this. They could do that. That's interesting. When you watch NXT and a match is over, you just go, okay. Yeah, I I have no idea what's next. Um, I don't know what would make sense, and you know, and that's obviously something that has rung true for years. You know, watching all WWE television, so uh, you know some of that now seeping down to NXT. But um, yeah, I, I liked Dynamite from start to finish. I'm glad that it got a good rating. I, I think their belief in long term booking is a good idea. <laughs> uh, that. To have, yeah. I mean, you know, it, well, whereas, you know, NXT, we can talk about it. They got problems, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, my general. We're going to talk a little bit about Takeover too. I mean, my general thing lately has just been that you tune tune into NXT, you're going to get good matches, but there's just nothing that really draws me in to watch the show ever. Like, I just feel like the storytelling is is so lax this year, and that the matches don't really mean anything. And I I feel I know AEW has a lot of critics in their booking too, but man, I mean. <laughs> I think I think if you really want to nitpick booking and you want to look at the Wednesday Night Wars, they're light years ahead of what NXT is doing right now. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, Justin? Yeah, no, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, it's really, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this earlier today, how like when AEW first started, you know, every podcast, it was like, who do we think won this Wednesday? And you know, and it was really 50-50, if not more in favor of NXT. Mm-hmm. And now now I'm at the point where AEW is rocking, and I barely even want to watch NXT at all. It, that just shows you the de- decline in literally one year. Yeah, you go back to this point last year, there were a lot of critics uh, you know, posing as vultures, circling AEW, questioning stuff. Remember, we got that one show that had those two terrible skits, like Dark Order and Brandy Rhodes back to back. And you know, there were a lot of questions heading into the new year. You yeah, can probably we check very... this show, mm-hmm. like around this time last year. We had one. I was like, man, I, this AEW doesn't seem to know what it's doing. And then, you know, twenty twenty started. Uh, obviously, a year like none other, but they've managed through it, and they've got compelling stories. Not just like week to week or to the next pay-per-view because it's happening in a month. Um, obviously, it's different because they'll do the four-year, but there just seems to be a lot of different directions every character can go. And as a viewer, it's just a more rewarding experience to watch. Um, you talk about NXT, at least you get good matches. I got to be blunt with you, man. I didn't see a good match on TakeOver. Here we go. Let's let's open it up. Oh, NXT you, oh, Takeover. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I talked to you guys about the text thread. Did you guys think the women's war games match was good? No. I would. Which, my, sorry, right? My, my view and experience of that match was I was sitting there watching it, and, and I, I I find myself I kept going and looking at my phone just because I was getting bored, uh, and by the end of it. I was like, well, I'm going to jump on. And you guys know me. I've really kind of bailed from social media in the past, like four, five months. But I get decided to get on Twitter to see what the reaction was to that match. And there was a lot of love for it, which really surprised me because it just felt like random spots. I mean, that's kind of what War Games is now is just the law of diminishing spots where nothing really yeah. seems to matter all that much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of think back to the the show we did. Uh, the, I guess I think it was the Survivor Series post show where I was really high on uh, the Street Profits New Day match, and I was talking about how basic psychology the moves meant something as they built through the match, and that was definitely lacking in most of the matches on Takeover. I thought it just it does feel like every match is just a spot fest, and then like the big spots really don't mean anything, and everyone's just recovers, and nobody really sells the injuries very well, and uh, it's just like big spot lull, big spot lull, and I definitely felt that way with the women's match. I did think that there were some cool spots, but as far mm-hmm. as like a whole story goes, I agree with you guys. I didn't think it was great. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say there wasn't any 
good matches, but there was definitely not there was no great matches on Takeover in my opinion. Well, that's what, I'm kind of surprised, Kyle. Uh, I don't know if you're you're just trying to maybe poke at uh, the wrestling internet, but did you not eat? You didn't like Champa and Thatcher. That was maybe my favorite match on the show. I could guess I could call that good. Although yeah. the, the booking of Tim Thatcher is odd. I know that, you know, he's not exactly the biggest quarter hour winner for those who follow the ratings game, but like they build him up as this like submission specialist. And I really like those vignettes, no matter how they do in the ratings, but like, you know, he taps to Dexter Loomis, you know, that noted submission expert. And he gets kind of like out grappled <laughs> by Ciampa. It's just like, it was a hard match for me to get into, to be honest with you. But I, I think honestly, it was my favorite match of the show. Um, getting back to the women's war games match, it just felt like there was no story and there was just so much wrong with the match. Like people would just, dis- some of the participants would just disappear basically for a long mm-hmm. stretch, which is no good. I think what were the intervals for entries? Was it three minutes after the f- initial five? It was like two and a half or three, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But cause it was longer. I know it was longer than what mm-hmm. the original like war games run ahead. Cause that was straight two. Yeah. I believe y- you could feel it. I don't know why they've raised the length of time between people to run in. That that was a problem, I thought, for both War Games matches. I think, again, and we talk about this with the Hell in a Cells, we'll probably talk about it with TLC in a couple weeks, doing the same gimmick multiple times on the same show, it it, it does not work. Mm -hmm. It does not work. And, you know, there should be one War Games. It could be the men one year, it could be the women one year, it could be women two years in a row, whatever. But I... I just, you know, this women's match, the only reason this match happened is because there had to be a women's war games at this show. Mm -hmm. It was not a long-term build. You know, I mean, they were, they're like, don't forget, you know, Dakota Kai beat Ember Moon down two weeks ago. And uh, the whole thing, I mean, coming out of it is Raquel Gonzalez is going to be a contender at Io Shirai, right? Mm -hmm. We had to wait 35 minutes for one move. I, the match was too long. That's and the other thing is the match length. I know we harp on match length a lot on the show, but I mean, my God. <laughs> These matches well, the do men's not was the, worse. The yeah, men, the, that was the worse. Men, that, that was comically long, I thought. Um, 45 minutes for a War Games? Yeah. What are we doing? The great War Games matches that WCW did weren't that long, you know? No, they weren't half that, <laughs> probably. That's the other thing, too. Is, even, yeah, go ahead, Justin. I was just gonna say, it doesn't even make sense for the type of match it is. Like, why would this, like, yeah. you know, does it's supposed to wreak havoc on their bodies, but yet they're just able to go forty-five minutes in? This yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, the the first two participants of the match should be. You're right, should be like dead. Yeah, they, they, at least if it was a Royal <laughs> Rumble, they'd probably be selling that. Oh my god, I can't believe this guy's still standing. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah. My problem with the pacing of the matches, you know, with the the big spots that we get over and over is that you never have. It seems like you hardly ever have simultaneous fighting as the match wars on. Like you go back and you watch the WCW and WA war games matches and like there was fighting happening all the time. And it doesn't feel real because you can literally watch two people setting up a move while everyone else lays on the mat and watches them. And then the move will happen and then they'll start kind of crawling around and there's this lull and then they'll set up another big spot. Boom. And everyone crawls around. It's just like, 
I don't know. I maybe maybe I'll I just get like old. Either. But go I, go back and watch those old war games matches, and you don't see that. And those are the matches that everyone raves about. You know, it's five star matches. So eighty seven and ninety two. Got to watch them. Two yeah. of the best matches uh, in history. That is uh, very astute and excellent analysis, in my opinion, Mister oh, Trotsky. Because like, like I feel it's a WWE production decision too. Mm-hmm. You know, like a Kevin. Uh, you know, you don't want to throw Kevin Dunn under the bus, but you, let's just do it anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, somebody said, "Well, we can't have you know multiple brawls going on at the same time, so everyone else just lay around and oh, you know tire." It, it is. It's awful. Um, let me tell you what I disliked a lot about the men's war games match because i i thought it was building to a decent crescendo okay adam cole's the last guy in oh by the way one last note of the women's match the baby faces the build-up got beat down the whole time they yet earned the advantage for war games and they still lose just <laughs> wwe everybody um great baby this, face promotion yes yes in, in this men's match cole's the last guy in he beats up everybody else on the other team with a chair and it's him and McAfee staring at each other from the separate rings. You guys remember this part? Mm-hmm. And the crowd was up for it. And I got to say, I was like, okay, here we go. This is what you build to. This is kind of exciting. Well, because they wanted to build extra heat, I guess Pete Dunn cuts Cole off and Cole and McAfee never really hook up there. Okay. So the theory behind doing that spot, if you're an agent is it'll get more heat when Cole and McAfee eventually hook up later in the match. Okay. Well, they hooked up later in the match and there was way less heat. And it was like so brief after all that. And, and you know, Oni Lorcan, bless his soul, was the guy who did the job. Like this should have been like all four guys just letting loose on McAfee. Mm. And that being the satisfying path. I didn't think the payoff was even that satisfying after 45 minutes. So I thought whoever, and here's the thing too. After that Cole McAfee standoff, match went on 20 more minutes. Yeah. The non-stand, you know, the, mm. the not at, you know, the non-followed up standoff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Wrestle War '92, Sting Squadron, and the Dangerous Alliance. Twenty-three and a half minutes. Great match. Twenty-three yeah. and a half minutes. Half the time of what we saw in the men's match here. So, you got to have a damn good match to hold my attention forty-five minutes. And this one did not do it. I'll tell you. I, I was just yeah. like, I always. <laughs> ever since Justin said that on the podcast way back, I always kind of use that as my rule. Is if I check my phone during the match, this is not a great match. And I checked my phone multiple times during that men's match as I was trying to watch it, uh, which I watched it several days later because it was my daughter's birthday Sunday. It's why we didn't do a post show. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Eden. Belated. But, uh, yeah. So, that, I mean, I watched it days later and I just, I couldn't get through it without looking at my phone and my, you know, my mind's wandering. I'm thinking about all kinds of other things and yeah i just it had cool spots yes but as it wasn't a great match it didn't tell a great story to me and you know justin mentioned this earlier about you know the state of nxt now versus a year ago you know i think all three of us kind of had the same feeling about the show it's like you dreaded going and watching it like i was only watching it this week because i knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast yeah if we weren't having a podcast this week or i wasn't on a weekly podcast i don't think i would have put the show even on I don't think I would have. For sure, I I would not have. Yeah. It just going in, the buzz was just nil for me. And um, yeah, what a a difference a couple years makes for NXT. Just a couple other issues I want to throw out there about the show. And I guess we can move to Dynamite. We joked about it. I I don't understand this Dexter Loomis. I don't (laughs) think he's very good. 
I mean, one thing, you know, all the people out there who might say, ah, this old asshole and his kids get off my lawn spiels. I've said this a lot of times. One thing that is definitely better about modern wrestling is you have, uh, you, you, you don't have those terrible people like, you know, 1988 Ken Patera to suffer mm-hmm. through, right? right? There's just no one that that's that, that's that actively bad or like tugboat or something like that, right? <laughs> but Dexter Loomis is pretty close, man, for me. I don't, I just, what is the point of this man? <laughs> and he seems like a very horrible baby face. And I just hate his look. Like, is that supposed to be cool? That's going like, to be my line. I don't, mean, I don't mean to beat up on the guy, but when this guy walks out, is there, are there fans like, this guy looks cool? <laughs> what is the point of this? <laughs> when my daughters start dating, that is going to be my go-to line. What is the point of this man? <laughs> I, I mean, like, like these like tight brown jeans and a mustache? <laughs> I mean, God bless you out there if that's your look, but change up your look. Oh, man. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. And, you know, Cameron Grimes is strong. I thought he worked his ass off kind of like Sami Zayn did in that Bobby Lashley match at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And God bless him. He's committed to his character. But that character, I feel, has got like such a low ceiling if he did get to the main roster. It's just like when Vince wants to get his jollies off about Southern yeah. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throw Grimes out there for a beatdown, but... You know, he's committing to it, so I'm sure he's probably making friends within the company by doing that. And then, um, is there any other match? There's one other the oh, North American match. North hot American potato. match. Hot potato with the title now. I don't, and it, I don't think it did anything for anybody. No, I don't like what they're doing with the title. I couldn't believe they did the title switch here. I was very shocked about that. Um, I, I will say I liked the match up until the finish. I thought it was an entertaining match. The finish was freaking bizarre. And I, I agree with you, Ryan. I, I thought Damian Priest was putting in some good work yeah. in that match. Yeah. I, Damian Priest is awesome. I'm a big yes. fan of him. Yeah. Uh, but, okay. Should he just go to the main roster? Like, what do you do with him right now? He's 38 years old. Yeah. And it's like, did that, did him holding the North American title do anything for him? Like, is that something where you're going to look back? Oh, thank God he had that very brief run with the North American title. Like he, he's a yeah. guy that like, if this system was still working the way it was supposed to, you know, when your main roster ready, you go to the main roster. I just feel he's a guy that should have gone a while ago. Yeah. I guess he's going to do a feud with uh carrying cross. And after yeah. that, maybe center of the main roster. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else he has to gain being down there, but I mean, yeah, with his age and his skill set, he should be on the main roster. I mean, I think this this is a guy with star potential for sure. Yeah, I mean, and he's I like a guy the match. Who can get over. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like Gargano, where even you know, even when we liked him and we're raving about everything he did, we're like, this guy's not going to get over by himself on the main roster. He's just not. Vince McMahon's going to say he's too small, and there's no way he's going to push him. But like Damian think- Priest, you would think Vince McMahon would push, right? Yeah, yeah, he fits the mold perfectly. The mold that Vince has won for the last 40 years, you know. Uh, what do you guys think about this group now that Gargano is doing with uh, Austin Theory? He's calling it The Way. I guess that's the Star Wars fandom coming out. Uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you guys make of this? Any thoughts on Austin Theory getting involved and the masked men, the scream, the scream men, all that? Very screen mask. Current reference. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, we are old. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, not you. That's what it was intended to be. But I like, know, I, yeah. if that's what they're going for. It's like, yeah, it's a 20 year old movie. I don't know. I'll, I'll let Justin go first because I'm Sean's, Sean's backstage. Like, this is a great thing to do. Great reference. Yeah. Right. 
uh, I really don't have much on it. I, I, I don't have a strong opinion on it. And I think that speaks to just the NXT product in general. Right. Like the story aspect is just, there's nothing that makes you want to tune in. I, maybe it's just me. I mean, I will say that on my totem pole of the programming that I watch, it's AEW by far right now is the one that I am excited to watch all the time. Smackdown, because I have to watch it for comic book. <laughs> and then I guess, you know, probably NXT over Raw, but like a lot of weeks, I don't get through all of NXT and I catch the highlights because there's nothing drawing me in to watch the full show. So maybe I'm well, missing something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, m- maybe I'm missing this. Who do you cheer for on this brand as a fan? Who's the big baby face? Who's the hero to build the, pro- the brand around? Yeah. Is there one? It's like the brand of the anti-heroes, right? I mean, like, Undisputed like- Era has kind of been the cool heels for the last several years. You know, I think yeah. Undisputed Era is about played out, too, to be honest with you. All right. Let's talk booking and the creative with NXT. So uh, I'll tell you exactly how I feel about Johnny Gargano's heel group. It stinks. Okay? It stinks. And I'll tell you why it stinks. Because Johnny Gargano should not be a heel. Yes. <laughs> uh, when I watch him now, I actually am reminded of Steve Austin in 2001. And this obviously business-wise is, is not in the same league. But Steve Austin very much grew into that heel role in 2001 and was quite good at it right Mm -hmm. but he still shouldn't have done it it was a tremendous tremendous bomb at the box office to turn him heel yeah i look at the shotty gargano it's like all right yeah he's kind of he's doing a good job i guess as a heel he's growing on it i didn't see him as a heel when he first turned but it just he shouldn't be doing it no. Talk about who you're supposed to be rooting for in this brand. It was supposed to be him. Two years ago, I'm in an arena full of people ready to run through a wall for this man. And then they turn him heel. Why? Best baby face NXT's it, ever had. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think he's doing a good job of what he's given, but you can't turn him heel unless you have a really good plan for him. And real quick, just going going back to the whole uh, they're all kind of anti-heroes on NXT. It just like I watched that and I and it's so confusing. And then I think about how good at characters and nuance AW is where heels can take on heels in matches and, and because of the way they tell the stories and because the characters make sense, it the match makes sense and you can do that kind of stuff. Whereas in NXT, none of the baby face or heel or in the middle gray area people just none of it works like how they make it work in AEW. Well, and you know why? Because they all wrestle the same. No one r- yeah. wrestles like a heel or wrestles like a baby face, really. They all just all kind of wrestle the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a mistake. You know, Gargano doesn't wrestle any, you know, after this career-defining heel turn, he doesn't wrestle any different, really. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, like telegraphed heel tactics, you know what I mean? They did the fuck finish here, but, I mean, not really. He still has Johnny Gargano style matches for the the bulk of it. So uh, I don't know. I think the main, they screwed up. The main event should have been uh, Pat McAfee, Finn Balor. I know Finn Balor had some injury issues and maybe that just couldn't happen, but you want to do something intriguing to me, you know, get more mileage out of Pat McAfee. (laughs) I think one of the big stories last three months of NXT is the indictment of the PC 
the Performance Center by Pat McAfee. Yeah, what why does guys... this guy come across as a better pro wrestler than everybody <laughs> that is actually under contract? Yeah, did you guys see the the CM Punk tweet about that? What did you guys think? He he said I did not that, see uh, that. Yeah, he said. Oh, this was I think late last week. Uh, he said basically. I'm not quoting him directly, so don't quote me here. But it, it was along the lines of basically like the NXT wrestlers, you know, better get their shit in gear. They should almost be embarrassed because Pat McAfee came in and he's the best promo in the company. And I, 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 I gauged it as he was trying to like light a fire under the people. Other people were like, oh, Punk's being a jerk. And I was like, he's right. He's he's 100% right. Like He, he could be both. Come in. I mean, yeah. he could be a jerk and right. <laughs> he's right. I think he's right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what do you do? You guys agree with that? I'll try to find it while you're talking. I mean, it's indisputable. I mean, all you have to do is watch the show, and his promos are by far and away better than everybody else's. And I guarantee a big part of that is that because of uh, his star power coming in, is he probably gets more leeway to say what he wants and not just read off a script. Yeah. Yeah, well, that I, was that was the other thing. And the, the counter argument I saw was that he gets so much freedom that it's not a fair uh, comparison. Look, I don't think we should necessarily blame talent. That's actually a, a kind of a theme for me right now with the entire WWE universe, for lack of a better term, is, you know, the creative and just the whole process that WWE just does its talent so dirty. Mm-hmm. I, I've just never seen you know, kind of a model hamper the wrestlers and the performers just so much. Here's what he said. I found it. Um, And he did allude to the fact that it's not exactly equal because he does get more freedom because Punk started out. He said, quote, a lot of it has to do with circumstance, but everyone else on the show should feel embarrassment and subsequently use said feeling to better themselves at the fact that Pat McAfee is a better promo than everyone on the show. I mean, hundred percent right. <laughs> hey, I don't yeah. know. I take issue with that. I mean, he's he's right. Well, so you know, I, but here's the thing, kind of to what I was just going to say to follow that up. Maybe it shouldn't be the talent that, that that's that embarrassed. Maybe it should be Triple H. Maybe it should be the entire WWE thought process behind promos. Because what if what we're all saying is true? That okay? Because Pat Mack, if he's a star from outside wrestling, they give him more leeway. Okay. Well. He's cutting better promos with more leeway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there has never been a time in wrestling history where promos are like worse than modern WWE since they became so scripted. I mean, yeah. it's like the right. I mean, mm-hmm. name me a worse promotion for promos than the last few years of WWE. <laughs> name me one. You can't. It's by the bumper far the worst. screen on a. PS1 WCW Thunder video game. <laughs> I was I'm going to beat you and this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I was yeah. briefly part of a backyard wrestling <laughs> federation. Okay. Yes. Way back in the day. Those there were some go. pretty bad promos. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, let, should we transition to AEW where was, the promos la- are quite good? Yeah. Last thing, Punk responded to someone on Twitter and he said McAfee's the best thing on NXT other than Rhea Ripley. CM Punk needs to come on Top Rope Nation because how much have we talked about how they screwed Rhea Ripley? Yeah, but Triple My H had to God. admit it, too. I mean, yeah. he was kind of like ducking that question every, yep. every media call. I was like, yeah, it really didn't work out the way <laughs> I, they told me. There were some reports, too, that uh, there was some frustration down on the farm in NXT with the uh, how 
they were dictated to book Charlotte. I don't know if that's true or not, mm. but I saw that report and it made me chuckle. Interesting. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, let's uh, let's transition now to what's going on in AEW because AEW has been making mostly interesting headlines over the last week because we had, you know, last week on the program, we talked about what was coming up with Kenny Omega and the impact appearance. I don't know if both of you saw the impact appearance by him. I assume so. Uh, I thought it was a great segment. I thought Don Callis was awesome on impact. I thought Kenny was awesome on impact, kind of explaining, uh, you know, why they did what they did. They went into the history uh, Don Callis being trained by Kenny Omega's uncle and talked about and like it all made sense. They painted the picture, you know, <laughs> it, it made sense in, in a long term story sense. And, uh, you know, how like they set up the match in, in New Japan between Kenny and Chris Jericho that eventually would birth the idea for AEW. Uh, honestly, the promo that Omega and Callis had an impact was better than what was on Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite was just kind of like a, a brief rehashing of what they said on Impact the night before. And Impact got a nice bump in viewership, a pretty yes. big bump in, in viewership. Yeah. Uh, but still not as many people watch it as AEW. So I understand why they had to kind of rehash that a little bit. But, I mean, I thought Kenny came off as such a star on AEW with the helicopter entrance and doing the heel bit i think callus is freaking awesome by his side he's a great promo i i thought both of them were really good i thought the impact promo was better uh so check it out if you haven't seen it but uh yeah kyle, kyle what'd you think of that todd callus is an absolute beauty in my i love how he's going for that 
like just shady used car salesman vibe with his look, you know, like the way, like, like he just looks like a guy who would just completely rip you off on a used car deal right now. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. he like when he yeah. sits there, like with sunglasses and doors, I, I love it. Um, I actually saw the AEW promo first, which was interesting because what you just said seemed to be the consensus among those who watched impact live or saw that promo first. They're like, yeah, the impact one was better. And that was, probably given more time. I think, I think that was what a yeah. 10 to 13 minute segment yeah. on impact. Um, but you're right. Uh, you know, not everyone watches it back. Although credit, all credits got to go to Kenny Omega for the bump that impact got to Twitch. I heard they did more viewers, 18 to 34 on access than NXT did last week. Hmm. I don't know for sure, but that's crazy. If true, I, I haven't checked. I, I thought I saw that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll, but, I'll look right now. Yeah. Okay. If I can find it. But yeah, I thought both promos were, were real good. I think it's a good pairing. Um, yeah, Don Callis just comes across like the best promo in the business right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin, did you did you see uh, the Impact promo? I'm assuming you saw what was on AEW, but... Uh... Yeah, I, yeah, I saw both. Um, just kind of agree with everything you guys said. Uh, the Dynamite one was just kind of a retread of the Impact promo um they're fine i I wasn't quite as high on them as other people but i kind of see what they're doing give me crumbs yeah yeah just curious to see where they're going to take us the one you know the criticism was that kenny promised like this big announcement on aw and then we didn't get it some people were kind of pissed about but, that. I mean, that's what was, heels do, though. But yeah, he was being facetious with the whole catchphrase yeah. thing. That was because if you watched Impact, you knew that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it would be. So yeah, exactly. That's what heels do. That's a lame criticism. So was I wrong about that, or I, I could have uh, sworn somebody shared it? Yeah, I'm trying to find the the Impact 18 to 34 right okay. now. Uh, 0.08. I'm seeing their their 18 to 49, but I'm not seeing their 18 to 34. But yeah, I mean, it's possible. I know they yeah. did. Uh, Impact on Access did 221,000 viewers, which is like, I think, more than double what they normally do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, credit to Kenny Omega for sure. Plus, they had more people you know, on their Twitch stream, too, people that don't have access, with, which is a lot of people. Uh, I know the, the version on YouTube did a lot of downloads, too. So a lot of people saw it. And, yeah, I mean, it all goes to, to Kenny. So, uh, I mean, I love what they're doing. I, I don't know how anyone could criticize it. I think it's interesting to do this interpromotional stuff we talked about on the broadcast last week. Uh, you know, if you can use these smaller promotions, like, you know, AEW opening the doors to them and, and getting something back in return that benefits them, why not? You know, say, hey, we're, we'll give you some exposure, but we want to use this person on our show. And they'll agree to it because they AEW, in the, in the non-WWE world, AEW holds all the cards. You know, they're in a strong position. They're on TNT. They got renewed because they're doing such good ratings. They're exceeding expectations on on TNT. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see more of this with NWA and Impact and maybe eventually a Ring of Honor or something. Uh, yeah, I'll say this. The rest of the Impact show was not much to write home about, but uh, AEW showed on Dynamite last night that they don't really need impact right now that much impact needs AEW a lot more than yeah. vice versa. Cause I thought that was a tremendous two hour uh, television program. And the story to me was again, I, I've said this so many times, but we thought this was going to be like the work rate promotion, right? It's all the non wrestling segments where they blow WWE out of the water. These little interviews they throw in between the matches to either get you excited about the match that you're about to see or some storyline for next week. 
it, they're just so much better. I mean, I know some of the pre-tapes aren't always home runs. You know, I know the uh, much maligned one with the acclaimed and young bucks, you know, last week, but I thought all the interviews were great on the show. It was well-paced. I completely disagree with uh, Meltzer and Alvarez's assessment that this was like crash TV. Mm. Uh, it, to me, it was just, in, it, it was what I call an interesting wrestling show. I think that comment from them comes almost from being conditioned by these boring WWE telecasts the last 20 years. Well, yeah, because you have AEW that has a two-hour show, not counting Dark you know, on YouTube, but a two-hour show every week. They've got a lot of talent that they're trying to get on that show. They have, for the most part, storylines for most of them, and they fill up the show. I, I can't call that crash TV. Yeah, yes, they built up some big segments, uh, but that's what you're supposed to do in wrestling. I, don't, yeah. I didn't I didn't feel like they were, you know, <laughs> blowing their load here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I mean, they do this every week because they have two hours. They fill up the two hours. They make you want to watch the show. They make you want to return and watch the show, which is what you need to do. Uh, they haven't always done this. Like you said earlier, Kyle, we are objective. We've been critical of AEW yes. in the past. But right now, like, I can't imagine being more excited to watch another promotion than this one right now. Yeah. By and far. You- they had stuff like the Revival match and, and the Dustin match. There wasn't mm-hmm. a ton going on there. I mean, I guess the Dark Order came out for the Dustin. But, like, yeah, it's just it's a case of trying to make your segments interesting. So, yeah, I didn't agree with that. But Young Bucks matches, by the way, like the one they had last night with TH2, are perfect openers for a television show. Like, if you're trying to get noticed and that kind of style, like, you know, the Bucks, what, they wrestled top flight, what was that, a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, on the show or, or last week, you know, me, yeah, more of that, please. The Young Bucks opening the show with their trademarks. I thought that match didn't go a few minutes, maybe too long, but just a few, not 20. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that was a great way to open the show. The Sting promo. The yeah, Darby let's talk Allen. about Sting. Yeah, what do you, you guys make of Sting's first uh, spoken words in AEW? Justin, you were a little but, stinger back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. Like, you know, like I said last week, uh, Sting's look and his promos have never really aligned for me. So it's a little weird. He always still sounds and comes off as surfer Sting rather than brooding, dark crow Sting. But mm-hmm. uh, it was good. You know, I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. And it, uh, I, I liked the bit with Cody at the end where the sea around kid, if only because it made me think of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. I mean, I'm intrigued. He he, he acknowledged Darby Allen looking down at him. And that uh, got heat. Mm-hmm. People were up for that. That got a big reaction. Yeah. So I thought they used him well. I mean, uh, I know we talked a lot about, the, about him coming in last week and compared it to WWE using older stars and stuff. But as of right now, I still feel like this is a lot different than what WWE does when they bring in a Goldberg, who we're going to mention here in a second. And uh, Goldberg's in the title picture or winning Love the Goldberg. title. You know, I think I think it's different. I think I think the use of Sting here is is good nostalgia. They don't want to overuse him, obviously, but uh, you know what they're doing right now. It's intriguing, and uh, it, if you can use him to elevate a young star like a Darby Allen, I'm all for that. Well, look. Again, it goes to the respective creative processes of the two companies. With Stig right now, AEW is doing a great job keeping you guessing what they're going to do with them. You don't really know. But that was an entertaining segment he had last night. I, you know, Stig, to Justin's point, was never a great promo for much of his career. But I thought he was pretty damn good last night, actually. 
mm-hmm. um, at, at doing it. Um, and, you know, he did actually, of all places, get better at impact. You didn't really get to see that during his WWE tenure, but he got a lot better at impact. That's kind of like a forgotten footnote there. But with WWE, when they bring somebody back like Goldberg, it's so obvious what they're going to do with him. Is it th- right? Yeah. Like, if they bring him back, okay, you know he's working Reigns. Okay, you know he's going to put over Reigns. So it just seems like uninteresting. This, it's just good. It's just superior storytelling is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, you, you don't know where he's going. Uh, love the Darby vignette before, too, when they showed the Sting, mm-hmm. like, War Shock test thing, and Darby yeah. just started laughing. That was a well-produced segment. I heard he uh, kind of really put that together himself, so hats off to him if that's true. Hats off to whoever put it together. I thought it was a tremendous little uh, thing there. Freedom to the performers, right? Yeah, yeah that's Don't what we're learning here. Yes, yes, yes. If they're good, like, you got to let them sink or swim. Yeah. If they suck, then here's an idea. Don't put them on your television. Yeah. But if they're good, they make your job easier. Yeah. Go with those people. Um, and speaking of people who make a creative uh, team's job easier, MJF. This guy is as strong a quote-unquote prospect under 25 I've seen in years. This guy was born in 1996. Ooh, Ugh. God damn, I'm old. <laughs> like, it's one thing, like, they always, like, say he's, like, you know, he's 24 or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's whatever, I guess. You know, we watched college football, and, you know, I mean, people are even younger than that. But, yeah, I, he was born in 1996. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, this guy just has um, just star written all over him. I, I, I loved the Inner Circle segment. I'm going to float something out to you guys, though. What do you think about the idea that MJF and Guevara turn on Jericho? I think I said, oh, what, which show was this? I, mean, I talked about how I wanted to see Jericho basically kicked out of the inner circle by MJF. I think it was this our, our pay-per-view post show. I can't remember. Could but, have been. Yeah. And have Jericho gone hiatus for a couple of months, you know, do the, do the Fozzie thing, come back. It'll heat him up. He can be babyface and go after go after the inner circle. I, I like that idea. I think that'd be a great idea. I think it's a fresh idea and it'll make it interesting. What do you think, Justin? I think the great thing about it is that they have a lot of options that are interesting. To Kyle's point earlier in this show, it's like they they put together stories and they can do multiple things with it that just kind of keep you guessing. Yeah. The reason I came up with that idea is you know, you look and you you watch Guevara and MJF on a week-to-week basis. Are there two better natural heels right now in wrestling? Like, are you going to, like, if they were to feud, like, who would be the baby face? I mean, do you really want to cheer for either of those characters? I, they're just both, like, just such classic heels. Whereas, you know, Ryan, you just mentioned, Jericho's a guy who could easily have a baby face run. You know, that's what practically last a baby face right now. Yeah, I mean, people interest, like the yeah. song. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and the people respect him so much for what he's done over the course of his career. I, I think it'd be an, a natural way to go with that thing. But, you know, again, we shall see where they go. And, you know, I, MJF is selling of the Superman punch. The, the two Superman against Orange Cassidy was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made that look like such a killer finish. Um, and, and I liked the Miro interference because it keeps Orange Cassidy strong. He doesn't like, it's like, oh, my guy that I'm rooting for loses clean because we all decided yeah. 20 years ago, every match has to end clean. I heard another podcast that was critical of putting Orange Cassidy in the position to lose, but I felt like because of the way they did the finish with Miro, it was fine. And uh, what a not, shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I don't think I don't think this hurts Orange Cassidy. I sure. and honestly, like you got to keep the ring on MJF to begin with. So you know, you know, whatever. But overall, I think the sh- the show was really good. And you know, to put a bow on this conversation, I think the the bigger point we're learning here is AEW. I wouldn't call it Crash TV. It's two hours. They've got a lot of stuff to fit in. They do it in an impactful way. Makes you want to watch the show. Whereas WWE is just the definition of overexposure and bloat. They have way too much. And not just with the main roster. You know, NXT with these takeover shows going 45 minutes in these matches. And having a three-hour takeover. Remember those used to be two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's all bloat. So, I mean, WWE needs to tighten it up. Justin, you mentioned in our text thread earlier today. That men's match, you cut off 15 minutes. It would have been a much better match. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, NXT, yeah, NXT is suffering from that WWE recipe right now, which is too much bloat on their shows. AEW, you're just used to WWE. I think AEW just feels so condensed, but it's all good. I don't know. You know, you can't have any problems with it. I don't think, I don't think it's Crash TV at all. The WWE just feels like content. It's like, we've got seven hours of television to fill a week and we'll fill it because we're the WWE and we got lots of money, we got lots of people on our talent, but none of it's really particularly compelling, or at least the vast majority of it isn't. Like, the WWE's greatest success over the last decade or so is, and correct me if you guys think you have a different idea, but convincing you know NBC Universal and Fox to give them a shitload of money for their TV. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't know of a better success that WWE's pulled off in the last 10 years. Than, than that. I mean, that's how they live, basically, is off those TV deals right now. I mean, it would be a completely different promotion if they were getting paid, you know, what they got paid for TV, you know, even in the Attitude Era. You look at, from a wrestling perspective, the best stuff over the last 10 years, and a lot of it either happened by accident or it was something they were resistant to do for a long time, and when they finally did it, it worked. So, example one, start off the decade, CM Punk, you know, organically over with the crowd, cuts that pipe bomb promo, explodes. I mean, I, I don't know how many fans I've talked to, Laps fans, that talk about that CM Punk promo, bringing them back to the product. Other example, great thing in the, the last 10 years, of course, Daniel Bryan's rise, brought on by the fans. Again, you know, an organic movement, not something WWE was scripting. And then, I mean, recently, it's the Reigns heel turn, which is something people talked about, you know, for a long time and they didn't do it. They were hesitant to change his character at all. And it's, it's very good. So you could, you could probably throw Kofi's title reign in there too. Yeah. Uh, pushed by the fans again. Yeah. But again, yeah. I, I think, I, I don't think we can call only creative successes when overrun by the fans to be a real success story. Right. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Me, like, That's what like, I'm saying. It, it, yeah. like, if you're Vince McMahon, the thing you're most proud of, in my opinion, that he, is that you convince these networks to give you all this money for your TV. Yeah. So you got to fill it. But like th- that success, and this is my point, that su- success, it makes Vince McMahon a lot of money. It makes the company a lot of money. It makes investors a lot of money. But it doesn't aid in the wrestling fans' experience. The fact that they have all that TV does not make my fan experience better. And people say, oh, you don't have to watch it. That's fine. You know, I, I don't watch it live at all. To be very blunt, <laughs> I don't no. want to do that to myself. But like, you know, getting through it, it's just like, yeah, it's like seven hours of content and, you know, a couple months down the line, it doesn't mean anything. That's the worst part about it. Mm-hmm. 
It'd be one thing if like, yeah, all right, well, it's a slow build or whatever, but it was still logical. That's not the case, really. Yeah. It just basically, they just fill up seven hours a week. Yeah. All right. Hey, can I? Yeah, go ahead. I got, I just, I forgot to mention this and it was actually my kind of my biggest takeaway going back to impact. And I'd feel bad if we didn't mention it. Uh, AEW has a really great card to play whenever they want to use it. And it's going to be a winner. And that's the Tony Khan, uh, like Mr. McMahon, uh, heel run in him. He was great. Uh, at the beginning of that impact show, Kyle, I don't know if you saw that or not, Ryan. <laughs> yes, sure you did. I did. Yeah. So there were people comparing it to some sharper minds on the internet, comparing it to like when Vince McMahon essentially tried out his Mr. McMahon character in the USWA in 1993 when he like went down there to feud with Lawler. Mm. I saw people like talking about that. Yeah, like it's something where it's like, hey, you know, let's see how this is. Let's get my feet wet a little bit for when I need to pull it out maybe in the big time. So yeah, that, that would be interesting. He's yeah. A, he, yeah, he's a real charismatic guy. I, he's been hesitant to get involved in his wrestling show, which you know I think is a is a positive for him that he's not pushing to do that. I mean, he owns a promotion with his family. He certainly could if he wanted to. Yeah, but I like how he's just a matchmaker, like yeah. an invisible matchmaker. You know, you know who he is. Everyone knows Tony Khan is owns the company, but like you know, Shivani and, or Jim Ross just pick Tony Khan signed this match for next week. It's like, okay, cool. And like, that's like, that's totally fine. He gets his name out there. But yeah, I don't think, you know, I, th- I think we've all grown very tired of the on air commissioner or, you know, on air heel authority figure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, down the line, you know, if the situation calls for it, sure. Um, and I, I did think, yeah, he showed potential in that role, uh, Justin. But, you know, well, I don't think they should rush to it by any means. Yeah. So, Let's wrap up here. Final topic. Uh, this just broke today. Uh, the WrestleMania 37 direction uh, report. This was by WrestleVotes on Twitter, who's broken a lot of news in the past. So we're going to give them credit here on this one. And it's probably accurate. Uh, they said there's three matches being talked about for WrestleMania right now. And they are Roman Reigns versus Bill Goldberg, Randy Orton versus Edge, and a three-way with Drew McIntyre taking on Brock Lesnar and Keith Lee. Uh, we've kind of talked a little bit about Roman and Goldberg <laughs> before on the show. I'm not super high on that one. Uh, you know, as long as Roman wins, I'll be great. I think Roman would win, but uh, I just I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. I if they if they're dead set on doing that, I wish they do it at a show other than WrestleMania. But uh, that's apparently in the cards right now. And we we've talked about you know that. There's this idea of, of obviously doing Rock and Roman down the line, but we've said many times on the show, you can't do the Rock versus Roman Reigns with no crowd or with a very minimal crowd. You got to save that in your back pocket. You, I think. You're not going to make your money. It's not financially worth it. I, I no. mean, look, okay, I know it's called seven bucks entertainment or whatever. I got news for you, okay? The Rock's got a lot more than seven bucks in his bank account right now, <laughs> okay? And it's going to cost a lot of money to get him to work, so you got to have a full stadium to make yeah. that worth it. Uh, you're not doing it with half capacity or you know very limited capacity no 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 so i mean from the looks of it knock on wood next year's mania after 2021 hopefully we'll have a full stadium i don't know if that's going to happen by SummerSlam, but uh i guess if they're really in a pinch and they want a big match for roman goldberg makes sense just for the love of god have roman reigns win the match uh, Orton and Edge, I mean, we've known that that's a match they're going to do. The Edge uh, injury obviously derailed their plans there. 
Uh, we've speculated about whether or not that would be for the WWE title. Uh, doesn't appear that would be for the title based on what I'm seeing. Right? I mean, I, I would think the triple threat would be for the title yeah. with Keith Lee and, and Brock and, and Drew McIntyre. So what do you guys make of that that triple threat, Justin? Would Drew versus Brock versus Keith Lee be something you'd be interested in? Um, yeah, I mean, it, for me, it depend on the build. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be okay with the big Haas triple threat match. I mean, I would think to get there, I mean, uh, you might have Goldberg win the Royal Rumble, but my God, I think you uh, should have Keith oh, Lee win the Royal no. Rumble. Have Keith Lee win the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Brock somehow gets in the match too, and that's how you get to the triple threat. But I mean, he hasn't wrestled since Mania, right? Yeah. Correct. You know, they just do rematch or whatever. Yeah, but when when I saw that, that was my first inkling is Keith Lee would win the Rumble. Uh, Orton Edge, yeah, I mean, I think we all assumed that was going to be at WrestleMania, whether it was for the title or not, um, just because, you know, Edge's injury kind of dictates it gets moved there. Uh, And then with Roman and Goldberg, I think this is the one, you know, people are going to talk about the most. Look, I picked Big E in our little WrestleMania draft, so uh, clearly I'm out to lunch as far as that goes. But here's something you got to think about is everyone seems to be of the opinion that WWE's kind of nailed it with this Roman Reigns heel character, right? Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to end it at WrestleMania then? End the character? Yeah. Or like take the why title they, off him. Well, no, I think that's the reason why I'm not really all that amped for that match is because there's zero chance that Goldberg wins that. You're saying because Big E would have to beat him. So yes, that, 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 that's all. Yeah, I'm talking about like oh, with Big E. Okay. Yeah, like Sorry. you're right. And like so, and we always talk about, well, do you want, look, I do think there is an issue. If there is an issue with Goldberg in this match, yes, it's that it would make no sense for him to win. And I think everyone would expect him not to win. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's not good no matter what the names are. If you've got a situation like that, I thought Goldberg, a uh, nice little appearance on The Bump uh, for those who watch that program. Uh, today, you know, I, I love how he was like kind of like kayfabe, like selling the fact that he invented the spear. You know, that that's good build, folks. That's good build. <laughs> so I just think it's one of those deals they wanted to do the match last year, and they're just going to do it. I assume they're going to have a partial crowd. I, mean, I don't know that for yes. a fact, but I, I would assume if they're still at Tropicana Field by that point. Uh, although. Boy, baseball would be about starting up at that point. So, I don't know. Well, they got. Did they get clearance to use Raymond James or no? I don't know. I can't remember okay. now. Right. Yeah, well, we I, know Ron DeSantis will probably be hurting everybody in there <laughs> if it's up to him. I mean, if you have a six, I mean, they could have a WrestleMania with fifteen thousand people spread out in a sixty thousand seat venue. Not enough to do a rock match, but no, no. I assume there'll be a crowd there. Uh, you yeah. know, at least a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, Raymond James probably you're right. So, yeah, I mean, we'll be talking about this a lot in the months ahead. But that was the first real, you know, rumors we got for uh, for a WrestleMania card from a reliable source. So that that that's what we're hearing right now. Uh, we talked about possibly doing a mailbag segment this week, but we are kind of run out of time. So we'll plan on doing Oops. that soon. Uh, but we, you know what, we have a few. We do have a few questions I want to get to in in the mailbag. Uh, that have been waiting there for a while because we haven't done a segment in a while. But if you guys want to get in some questions for the mailbag segment, can be on anything wrestling related, uh, past or present, shoot us an email, toprobenation at gmail.com. If we read the question on the air, 
send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. So get those questions in, topropenation at gmail.com. Uh, that's about all I have for this week, unless you guys have anything else. Next week, I think we're going to be positive about the WWE, aren't we? Going back in time, right? Yep. Going back to, uh, so a couple months ago, we did kind of like a, a new thing where we did kind of a narrative on a, and an older match. And we talked about uh, Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 2005. And we gave the backstory on the match, dove into the match itself. A little bit different than what we do on Top Rope Nation Classics uh, for the Patreon supporters. Uh, more geared for our main feed here. But it was still, you know, going back in time. It was a lot of fun. It was actually one of our most downloaded shows of the last six months. So we thought we should do something like that again. Uh, so we're going to do... TLC 2012. Uh, Kyle Ross had the idea for this one. So next week, we're going back in time and looking at a, a very instrumental match early in the career of Roman Reigns with The Shield. Their Kyle. first match, yeah. I believe, against Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Ryback. Yes. The big guy. I, I definitely uh, haven't watched that one since it originally aired. So It is a very, very good match. And... Uh, I will use it as an excuse to talk, uh, you know, kind of about the concept of the shield and really their legacy as a group. Yeah. yeah. I can only assume there's going to be jokes about Kyle Ross and in a taco John's just screaming at the person behind the counter, feed me more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll but, tell you, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say the, the, the Hogan Michaels one we did, we called it, Shawn Michaels versus Hogan at SummerSlam 05, a retrospective. So this is going to be a retrospective show. If you want to check out, if you missed the Shawn Hulk show, it was really fun. Back yes. in, I just go back to August 10th of this year, August 10th of this year on, on our uh, podcasting feeds. Download it. That's kind of what we have in store for you next week with TLC 2012 as we deep dive into that match from that show. I'll tell you what I got to get into is this pro wrestling Noah. Which yeah, is talk about that. People are like talking about some matches here. I got to, you know, I'm scrambled. I'm going to want to put out a match the year list. I, I got a lot of stuff on file. But all this, the last thing I needed was to hear Pro Wrestling Noah was, you know, delivering high end matches that I'm going to have to consider. So good grief. It's coming in a couple of weeks. The year, thankfully, the year from hell 2020 is mm -hmm. coming to an end in a few weeks. And uh, on New Year's Day, because our shows drop on Fridays, we'll be recording it a few days before that uh, because. Probably will be in no condition to uh, record on New Year's morning, but uh, <laughs> or or on New Year's Eve the night before as we usually do. But we'll be doing our 2020 wrestling awards. We've I've, we've done this almost every year I think since we started the podcast going back to 2016. So yeah, the 2020 wrestling awards coming up on Top Rope Nation. That show will drop January 1st, 2021. I gotta get I gotta get started. I gotta start researching. I haven't seen enough of the top Japanese matches this year. And we usually give a pretty well-rounded view, I think, uh, of the year as a whole. And look at all the promotions. So I'm time to dive in. I can share my watch list with everyone. So whatever. So narrow it down what I need to, what I need to do. Sounds good. Well, follow Not a lot of main roster WWE on this list. Yeah, no. Follow Ooh, Kyle it on Twitter, at TRP Kyle. Ask him what, what his watch list is. He'll get back to you. Follow Justin Joint when he is on Twitter. It's at Justin Joint. You can find me at Ryan Droste, D R O S T E. The show at Top Rope Nation. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And join the Facebook discussion group. Search Top Rope Nation 
pro wrestling discussion on facebook.com would love to have you join in on the conversation we got going on each and every day on facebook.com and as i said earlier on the show the best way to support the show patreon.com slash top rope nation join us for these weekly live casts as we record the show be a be a fly on the wall get the exclusive video feed live and uh, get the show a day earlier than the rest of the world support the show in the in the process so hope you guys have a great weekend hope you enjoyed the show we'll see you guys next time if you want to be ready tlc 2012 get a watch give it a watch this weekend see you next time Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.